Welcome to Sustainable 112. Welcome yourself to Sustainable 112, you chirpy, burpy little monkey.、Uh, how you been, old fruit? All right. Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Yes, yourself?、Uh, not too bad, thanks. We are Sustainable, your weekly environment podcast, weekly-ish, all about people and the planet, and why, despite everything going to hell in a handcart, we can still have a little lol about it every now and then. In we are, we are, and and what we got coming up this week then? Well, Dave, this week. We're going to be talking about a rather marvellous thing that, as we record, is happening right now at Lord's Cricket Ground,、um, which is a special cricket match. So that got us thinking about cricket and the environment and climate change and stuff because there are issues there. So we're going to be talking about that. We are also going to be talking about the EU. Yup. 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 Because they have got views on plastic and views. On how good the UK is being on plastic,、uh, so we're going to be talking about that, and、um, then it will be stumps. It will be what? Stumps. That's what you call the end of the day in cricket. I'm really looking forward to this because you don't know anything about cricket, no. do you? No, no, no. I know nothing about cricket,、um, but I'm looking forward to learning about it during the course of this podcast. I'll just the usual disclaimer before we go any further at all that we do bowl for environmental charities. But if you,、uh, <laughs> that's weak. I'm finished yet. <laughs> I've only started yet.、Uh, but if you bat for a team that takes、uh, that we hit on the stumps,、uh, don't cry to the referee about it.、Uh, just. Take it up with the, mean, our, our team managers. Yes. Do you mean the umpire? <laughs> the umpire. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The referee. Don't talk to the referee. Talk to us about it. Yes. Okay. Right.、Um, oh, I can't even be bothered. Things that make you go. Hmm. So things that make you go. Hmm. Hmm. Done this section for a bit. No, we haven't. I suppose we've just been exceptionally sure of our minds until now. Well, things have mostly been making us go Jesus shit in Christ rather than going. Oh、uh, yeah,、hmm. yeah. No, it's not not sure of our minds, losing our minds. Yes. Yeah.、Uh, things that make you go whom? This it whom? <laughs> things that make you go whom? <laughs>、uh, this <laughs> this is the section. Whom? Whom? <laughs> Bingo. This is the section where things that are a little bit sort of perplexing are discussed. And this week, well, in fact, right now there is a thing going on、uh, as we record at Lord's Cricket Ground. The I think it's called the MCC. No, that's in Melbourne. Lord's Cricket Ground, right in London, the home of cricket. There is a cricket match going on there, and it's a very special cricket match between a rest of the world team that has been assembled of superstars of the game from. Everywhere, basically, playing the West Indies. West Indies, for anyone who is a fan of cricket,、uh, are probably the most sort of iconic team. You know, the, it's the most beautiful place to go and play cricket in the seventies and eighties. In particular, the teams from there were just off the scale, amazing. Some really charismatic players. West Indies score is now ninety-five for two off only twenty-three overs. A run rate of just over. Um, but the, oh, oh, uh, my oh my mum、oh, went to watch. My mum went to watch some cricket in the West Indies. Oh, oh yeah, J- Jamaica.、Uh, yeah, I did. She wasn't <laughs> going to go otherwise. <laughs>、oh. <laughs>
So have you actually, instead of researching cricket, researched cricket jokes? Is that what's going to happen in this episode? Oh, God, this is going to be tiring. Yes, 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 yes. yes. You just lined up your next one. You're just giving it a... It's, I'm waiting for it to drop it in at the appropriate time. Okay, yeah. right. Did you know there was a cricket... Hang on. There's a cricket ground somewhere in, I think it's Kent, which had a tree in it, like a yes. tree in its yeah. pitch. Yeah. And then that fell over, it got lurgy and died, so they planted a new one. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, there are some amazing cricket grounds. We'll come on to that, I'm sure. But Other uh, things I learned about. I haven't finished explaining what's going on now. Stop telling people what you've learned. All right, then. But I just learned stuff and I want... Okay. Hold your horses. Okay. Uh, the reason this cricket game is going on between the West Indies and the rest of the world team is to raise money for some cricket grounds in the West Indies, uh, one in Dominica and one in Anguilla, I think it's pronounced, Anguilla? Is now. Anguilla. It's for the purposes of this conversation. Yeah. Uh, both of which were devastated by hurricanes in the most recent hurricane season, which contained the most powerful hurricanes ever to hit land, as far as I'm aware. Uh, so that was Hurricane Irma, um, which got the uh, the one in Anguilla. No, yes, the one in Anguilla. And Hurricane Maria, which got the one in Dominica. And they were a few weeks apart. Anyway, devastated the grounds. Um, and more to the point, devastated an awful lot of houses and people's lives in those places. Um, but the international cricket world has decided to try and raise money uh, to get those grounds restored and, and get West Indies cricket and that bit of the of the country back on its feet. So that's what's going on now. But the reason we're going, hmm, hmm. Um, and full credit for this goes to uh, The Spin, which is a, a email that's sent out by The Guardian to people like me who like cricket uh they have sort of gone yeah this is great but there's sort of no mention at all of like you know why these hurricanes were happening or happening bigger or happening more frequent frequently frequently frequently, or likely to happen bigger and more frequently i can't say that word can i Uh, i'd like to point out that if i if i was not saying that word i wouldn't be allowed to not forget that i'd said it what like this Yes. Yeah, right. Uh, why these What's things might happen more frequently in the future. And that obviously is climate change. So that we sort of wanted to look into this relationship between climate change and cricket um, and go, hmm, no. basically. Boys are bad. <laughs> they only have one thing on their minds. What's that? <laughs> cricket. Now you can tell us what you've learned. Good. There are no boundaries to my knowledge. Oh, Jesus right. Christ. Uh, now, I've learned some things. Now, you are quite right that I know nothing about cricket. This is not for the want of trying. You took me, didn't you? You took me to cricket. We went. We did. I'd forgotten that. We went to the Oval just around the corner from where your babble is recorded, and we went and we watched some cricket, which, as I understand it, basically consists of you sitting all in a, in a straight line with your mates, all facing the same way, uh, while, again, doesn't happen... Somewhere in the middle distance, which is pretty much what I can see. There's a scoreboard with some equations on it. Um, <laughs> everyone sits around for four hours until you get very cold. And then you go to the pub some more, as far as I could work out. It all looked very interesting. I have to say, I didn't have a bloody clue what was going on. But uh, yeah, jolly good. Um, so I, but I didn't know anything really about this here cricket climate changey thing. It turns out, with some elementary research, uh, that, like, you know, cricket, yeah, it's... What is cricket, Dave? Cricket, it is... Explain to the listeners. There might be people listening who don't know what cricket is, particularly Mm. people who live in, I don't know, Canada or something. Uh, Is that fair? 
No, they've got a team. They do have a team. Anyway, explain to the listeners what cricket is. Uh, posh, in... ra- posh rounders. Oh, okay, I'll let you have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a game where people throw a ball at a person with a stick and a person hits the ball as far as they can away from them and then they run up and down until the ball comes back and then if you in the process of having the ball thrown at your stick miss it it hits some other sticks and everyone goes woo and a man with a white coat goes rawr and then everyone goes hey and then you all have some tea and sandwiches yes i mean that is a remarkably good description of cricket uh, i think there's more beer than tea but otherwise yeah full marks and the thing about cricket is this, oh, right? One of the very few things I do know about cricket is they're always banging on about the weather. Yes. Always banging on about it. Not just rain stop play, which happened when we went and happened the other time that we went. Um, rain, we've been twice to see the cricket. Have we? Yeah, we have. And oh, one time, yeah, rain yeah. stop play. Totally. So we went on. Yeah. yeah. I've forgotten about that. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Thank you for taking me. But mostly it rained. This is my experience of cricket. It went the other, the other time I went as well. It rained the whole time. Um, so over here, we bang on about rain stopping play. Something like 27% of England's home games since the year 2000 have been disrupted by rain. And about the same amount every season of club games in England are disrupted by rain as well. Did you know that? Oh, yes, because I think I've read the same thing that you have read. Uh, So this could be an interesting uh, duplication. But yeah, it's of all the games, it's the one where the weather actually has a meaningful role to play in the outcome. Any fan of English cricket will tell you that they have prayed for rain during any, you know, any given test summer involves England getting absolutely destroyed by somebody. And the only conceivable way of getting a draw out of it is for there to be so much rain that the other team doesn't have enough time to finish you off. Uh, And so English fans are quite used to praying for rain. And it's bizarre, you know, people pay quite a lot of money to go to a cricket ground to watch cricket. And then, like, huge cheers go up when the rain starts coming down because it means England might not lose. I mean, uh, it is insane. You know, this is one of my... Cricket is the most bonkers game in the world. That's I, why that's, it's wonderful. No, no, that's I know. Why I, it's in, I mean, of course it's insane, but that's why it's magnificent. Sit around for five days hoping for rain and hoping that it's a draw. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the other thing that the, the weather... Uh, has an impact on the game is is actually the uh, what happens to the ball um, and in fact what how how batting how easy batting is when you're playing because if it's if it's a very dry sunny day no clouds then generally the the ball when it's thrown very fast by usually by an angry Yorkshireman uh, doesn't move very much in the air other than in the direction it's being thrown it doesn't go from side to side right right make this quick okay you're looking bored. I'm not looking bored. I'm channeling the boredom of our listeners. Okay. Well, they can just... I mean, this, this episode's called Cricket, all right? right? If they clicked on it, you know, yeah. they knew what they were in for. Uh, but it shows up as a download even if you never listen, so that's fine. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yeah, the ball can swing around and that makes it very hard. You know, imagine like somebody throwing a frisbee at you and it's quite flat. Imagine then throwing it at you and it kind of spins around. Yes, and yes, it's yes, like that, idea, right? Yes. And the weather, the atmospheric conditions have a big part to play. And you have a dry pitch, don't you? You do, yeah. yeah. And that gets drier. And as it gets drier, cracks open up in it. And if the ball lands on one of those cracks, it fires off in a different direction. So mm. the conditions, the weather has a massive, massive part to play. Um, and that's why people pay so much attention to the weather and to the changes in the weather, um, which are already happening and are predicted, obviously, to happen loads more cause climate change. 
Yeah, well, that's the thing, because the, the other thing I know about cricket um, is that apart from England and Wales, and like, I guess Scotland plays it a bit, but basically apart from here, yeah, pretty much everywhere else in the world that plays this game is sodding hot. So a lot of places... It's a game. It's a game. Yeah. Well, there was a report came out from a thing called the Climate Institute, which is in Australia um, in the year 2015. Uh, and it was talking about Australian cricket. And it said, right, listen, cobbers, uh, you know this game that we play where you throw the ball at the sticks? Yeah, we might not be able to play that anymore because it's going to get too fucking hot. <laughs> Hello, beeper. <laughs> yes, yeah. We um, should have a special bleeper machine for race, slightly racist or at least stereotypical bleeps. <laughs> I met a strange lady. Yeah, they said um, basically, like it, it, it can't, you know, can't get much hotter. Really, you can't go bunging cricketers standing around for five days in much more hot than what it is already. Even if you don't make them wear them woolly jumper things, like it's already pretty warm, right? Well, talking of Australia, uh, in, in the recent English winter, the Australian summer, uh, England got well and truly smacked all corners of the park by Australia, as they always do. But the English captain ended up going to hospital uh, for a night through dehydration. Right, there you And exhaustion, like heat exhaustion, basically. And these are like elite athletes right. used to spending all day running around in the sun um, and presumably, you know, not forgetting to drink. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's pretty brutal. So thus, it is a bit ironic then, is it not that what you were saying that this here fundraising game is going on? It's not talking about climate change at all, or at least not in the commentary around it. I'm sure they're saying something. But yeah. um, because actually climate change is going to nause this here game up totally. You know? Yeah. And, and I mean, in, in many ways already is. So you've touched on it a bit. But there's a report by something called the Climate Coalition not to be confused with the Climate Institute, um, that has done a look at the impact of climate change on sport in general. And they said of all the major pitch sports, cricket will be hardest hit by climate change. And they also said that just since 2011, the rate of rain-affected matches, and this is in England, um, has more than doubled. Uh, so this, this stuff is happening already. Yeah, and this isn't about climate change per se, but do you remember that thing that even I saw, which was last year, when there was uh, all them uh, Sri Lankan cricketers vomiting up on the pitch in India because uh, they were playing a game in Delhi, I think it was, which it is a place yeah. I have been to, which almost made me want to vom because the air is so bad. And the air was so bad in Delhi that, uh, yeah, it was like, ugh, yuck, vomi, vomi, vomi. Um, it's amazing, like, the pictures are extraordinary. Uh, all of these international cricket players wearing like medical face masks um, and one, a couple of them throwing up. Yeah, extraordinary. So, I mean, yeah, not climate change, but obviously connected to climate change because of the stuff that's causing the air pollution. Yeah, totally. I put it to you that cricket kills squirrels. Now, first off, I'd like to congratulate you because... I've been working on it. That was, <laughs> as far as I can tell, a flawless pronunciation of squirrel. I'm not going there again, though. That's no. it. I'm banking that. No, you and next, From now on, for the rest of Sustainable, whenever I say that word, I'm going to edit, <laughs> chop out that bit I just said and edit it in. I might even go back to episode 74 and edit it into that as well. <laughs> Uh, because, right, how do you get cricket? How do you get it? How do you do it? What do you mean? Well, what, what do you need? 
Well, you need a cricket ground. Yes. What else do you need? You need a cricket bat. Right. Now then, glad you mentioned cricket bats uh, because they kill uh, squirrels. Um, I don't think I've ever used a cricket bat to kill a squirrel. You mean he's dead? Yes. Dead as that squirrel. Which squirrel? (laughs) Now, your cricket bat is made of English willow. This is all stuff that I've learned. So you tell me if any of this is wrong. Um, the English willow is even, even around the world, as far as I understand it, uh, like your cricket bats, what are used by people that never come to England and play in Australia and West Indies and all that, come off English willow pretty much because it's good for smacking things with. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, there's a particular variety of it. I think a b- variety of the white willow, and I think it's got, a, some people even call it the cricket bat willow, but it's got another name. But yeah, as far as I'm aware, that's, that's true. But they're not made here. What? Yes, they are. No, most of them are made in Sialkot in Pakistan um, and India because it's cheaper. Yes, right. But the point is, in order to get... Shut up and listen, right? Now, uh, basically, you know who likes eating cricket willows apart from people who make cricket bats? Eating? Eating. Squirrels. They like eating. They ring bark the branches. What they do is they basically go around your cricket willows, your squirrels, and they go... Like a corn on the cob type thing, stripping all the bark off um, and eventually killing the tree. And to quote the world's largest English cricket bat willow supplier, J.S. Wright and Sons, um, the only way to combat the problem is to control the number of squirrels. So if you want... Oh, I see. So hang on a minute. So you get crap cricket bats if the squirrels have had a go at the You don't get tree. any cricket bats. You can't use the kills the tree. It kills the tree. Yeah, squirrels kill the tree. So if you want cricket bats, you've got to kill the squirrels. And indeed, that's what... Um, and are these grey squirrels or red squirrels? I don't know. Because if they're grey squirrels, I'm fully behind this mass torture and cull. Well, how many willow trees get chopped down to make cricket bats, you know, each year? I don't know. We couldn't find that out, could we? Well, I know I couldn't, and no, I was no, kind of hoping you... No, could. no, no, I don't no. know that. That's that seems we do chop down just under a billion trees every year in the world. A billion. 900 million trees every year is chopped down in general. Uh, quite a few of which, I reckon, have got squirrels living up them. So that's a lot of trees, it does feel it? a bit bad to single out the cricket people, but a, a lot of them trees will be cut down so that people can like have... Fuel and not die, not just to make a silly bat with which you smack a ball. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, but what also, your, also hang, what your no, balls hang made on, of? Hang on a minute. What are your balls made of? I don't think it's that sort of podcast. Look, a cricket bat is one of those things that you, until it, unless it breaks, you have for life. It's, you know, it's a kind of, it's, uh, in my home, right, there is a cricket bat which was uh, belonged to my brother, who is even older than you. That's how much older than me he is, <laughs> even older than you, uh, and occasionally listens to this podcast. Arabella's dad, in fact. Yes, yes. And it's the cricket bat he had at school, and it's got his little name tag on it, and I still use it still when I... Still tassels on, I imagine. Yeah. When I go home and I like go and kill squirrels with the cricket bat, and, and I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> uh, and, you know, like hit tennis ball for their dog and stuff like that. Still Told you it. a thousand times, Jeeves, <laughs> you don't put... Bernay sauce on a feeling mignon. Ah. <laughs> yes. It's like you were there. <laughs>
So you know the other thing about cricket, and you remember back in episode 53, we talked about football, um, and there is indeed another big galumphin football tournament coming up, and one of the things Ooh. we talked about in relation to football was the sheer amount of shit that a football game generates. Now, one thing I do remember from when we went to watch the cricket was the sheer amount of shit that that generated as well. <laughs> like, there's people sitting there, you have, as, you have as much beer as you want, you're actively encouraged to drink Beer and belch and fart and vom and... Well, hang on a minute. What, unlike the football no, no, that you've got a season ticket to? No, I'm not saying it's one or the other, but like, it, well, shut up and let me shut up, right? Because the <laughs> um, it's uh, all sport, but cricket is another one of it, generates huge amounts of shit, yes? So cricket generates huge amounts of shit. Like these stadiums are just like burning energy for no reason, just to like shine a light on some people smacking a ball around, right? And like, you know, all these people drive to the games and all of this stuff happens. So defend that. Defend why, you know, you get any right to moan about climate change if you're a cricket-loving person when actually you're causing climate change in the first place and causing the death of the ugly fish. Go on, explain yourself. Well, because the logical conclusion to that is that you only have the right to complain about climate change if you sit at home yes. in the dark, yes. never go anywhere or eat anything. Right. Bodes well for our listeners. Then. <laughs> um, yeah, don't be absurd. Like, you are allowed to participate in, you know, the, the world, life, the economy, uh, even if those things cause climate change. Yes. Like, that's the point, isn't it? Particularly because, you know, going to the cricket is really nice. We need to do nice oh, things. Nice things, yeah. yeah. We burning a nice. fridge in your front garden is really nice, but we don't all Which do is why it, I do it. it every Sunday. So, yeah, all right, fair point. We did go to the cricket. We went to Lord's. Yes. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We went to the Oval twice. That's where we've been. But I've it? been to Lord's. So have I. And in fact, I'm going there in the summer to watch a match against India. Very excited about that. Um, and yeah, anyway, they're all the same and you get big snakes of empty beer cups. Have you seen that? There's a thing in the crowd where like when everyone finishes their beer, they stack it and people stack it and stack it and stack it and it turns into a big wavy snake. And then the stewards get all po-faced and like try and nick it. And a load of drunk middle-aged men who should know better go, no, he can't get it, he can't get it. Uh, and things like that. Uh, obviously like burgers and stuff, whatever. But... Talking of Lords, they are doing some stuff to try to mitigate all of this climatey stuff. Now, they have got a sustainability coordinator, I think, is it? Or something? Boss. Boss. Person who does sustainability. A person employed by Lords to do green stuff and nothing else. Uh, apparently, the only cricket ground in the world has got one. Um, and his name is Russell Seymour. Um, and he's, he's quoted in quite a few things about this, but they are doing things like 100% of the ground's energy needs are sourced from wind power. Pretty cool. I presume that means they buy it from green electricity people. They haven't got a load of wind turbines there, have they? No. I don't think so. I think we'd notice. Yeah. Uh, with additional solar PV, solar thermal, and ground source heat pump options in one of their oh, stands. Play the ground source heat pumps options musical. <laughs> Apparently all of their like tractors and stuff, buggies, leaf blowers, all of their essential machinery, that's electric. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Good light bulbs. Yes, Hang yes. on. Right. Uh, motion sensors in bathrooms. Mm. So when Ian Botham gets his knob out, this time in a place where he's allowed to get his knob out, uh, see episode 
Oh, the grouse shooting uh, 57. one. 57. Well, good. Oh, amazing. Uh, he can be illuminated by some LED lights on a motion sensor. That's good. Apparently, they don't chuck any of their waste in landfill. Does that mean they burn it? Probably mean they burn it, yeah. yeah. No, it was it's I mean, they recycle lots, yeah, and whatever. Um, and they use... Uh, seasonal food, locally sourced. Okay, yes, blah, right, blah, I get blah. the point. Yes, okay. So they're doing, yes. you know, they're, maybe they're trying. They're, they're, doing, trying. they're doing some stuff, right? Yeah, that's very good, I suppose. It would be good if loads of people, other people do that as well. But it's kind of like, I've got a bigger question here, Oh, Go on then. Uh, which is like, so what? Like, Sorry, it's going to have to be slightly less big. <laughs> well, is this is all a bit bloody tenuous, isn't it? Because, like, uh, cricket, I know you wanted just to talk about cricket because you like cricket and you've been banging on for ages about cricket, 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 pot as many balls as you can, silly mid-wicket, all that stuff, right? Um, but uh, it's not that important, is it? What happens to bloody cricket? Well, it is quite important because I think it's the most um, popular game worldwide in terms of Balls. the number no I think it is in terms of the number of people who play it maybe Balls. it's full. there is something there is because well, it's popular basically, in your house no basically because it's so popular in India and so many people live in India yeah. it comes top of like those oh, sorts of tables I haven't got the stash in front of me but it's massively popular loads of people go to the games loads of people play the games so actually if you could build in some less climatey changey things into that action the action of going to see cricket or playing cricket it would it would have a meaningful effect obviously obviously the biggest effect would be for everyone to stop playing cricket right but that's not going to happen good afternoon and welcome to lords on the second day of the first test so far today we've had five hours batting from england and already they are not for north uh Cowdery the is point is this right climate change is buggering up everything it's not just buggering up like stuff that you immediately think it's buggering up like i don't know food and that kind of thing like it's a change in everything it's the system that makes everything work and we're changing it we're putting more energy into it right and like everything is going to change a bit because of climate change in some kind of way uh, and that you know we talked on there several times about things like coffee uh, and the only time that certain newspapers ever write anything about climate change is when they're saying that the price of your coffee might go up and then middle-class people chuck their toys out of prams for about five minutes and then don't care about it anymore. And actually, I suppose cricket and football and like, horse racing and sexual intercourse and going to the movies and buying a house and falling in love and swapping goldfish with your mates and hedgehogs, all of these things, everything that people love, is going to be messed up by climate change. So I suppose what's interesting about it is when you start getting things like cricket, which, you know, you wouldn't have thought really would care about climate change, talking about climate change. So that's an interesting thing. I, I agree that's an interesting thing. Is there anything you'd like me to answer? Yes, answer my question. What, what was your question? Well, oh, your question was, so what? Yes. <laughs> right. Well... Uh... <laughs> It will be it will be interesting to see how the sport reacts, won't it? Because in many ways, it will be a, a kind of intellectual challenge. Like, oh, okay, how are we going to continue to stage this game, given that there's more rain or it's too hot to play in the middle of the day or whatever? And and people, because humans are clever, we will find ways to still play the game, but different. Yeah, do it in your pants. Yeah, do it in your pants in underwater. Yes, because uh, we'll all be underwater. That would be a good game. Slower. 
I'd like to see somebody try to bowl 90 miles an hour underwater. Instead of using cricket balls, they could use water bombs. So that, <gasps> That's a great idea. <laughs> so that, like, which I sort of not made out of plastic, though. Not made out of plastic, made out of like something else. So that varying degrees goldfish. of... You goldfish. inflate a goldfish to the point of bursting with loads of water. Cool, icy, cool water. And then throw it at a batsman. So I guess my point is... Is, is there somewhere, you know, is there like the International Cricket Council or, or some other body that could actually be persuaded to go, hang on a minute, well, yeah, yes, all of this adaptation stuff will be interesting and good, but could we not like pool our resources to do a bit more about mitigation? Could, you know, could we not in, in change some rules so that grounds do have to reduce their energy use or do have to institute lots better public transport so that people don't really want to drive or, you know, things like that or only sell veggie vegan food? That would go down. Imagine, imagine what Ian Botham would have to say about that. Yeah, you know the grouse shooting? Th- this is going to make you angrier than that did. Um, but, you know, that's, that's the thing. And I guess to go all the way back to the beginning, that is what this article in The Spin and The Guardian was saying. Like, there is actually an opportunity for international cricket to demonstrate a lot of leadership here, um, not just to leave it to individual grounds to sort of do piecemeal stuff and that that i guess is is the interesting question like will they do that or will it just be clever ways to still playing cricket when the apocalypse comes anti-enough of the week So anti in half of the week. Uh, this is a section where we affection. Affection. It's been a linguistically challenging episode, hasn't it? We've yes. been struggling with cricket and squirrels and sexons. Um, sexons. Yes, this is a sexon. <laughs> this is a section uh, where we celebrate the people who are doing good things to protect the planet, unlike that awful American senator, Jim Inhofe. So these are the anti-Inhofe's. Uh, Inhofe's. Crikey. Your face. I don't know, and I'm not even drunk. Who has been an anti-Inhofe this week, Dave, and why? Yup. Uh, Europe, Europe, uh, you're coming over here, um, we in higher against our wall than we're we in, right? So, this is about what? plastic. Go back and listen to episode 99 and episode 101. Our two most popular episodes ever, by the way, about ocean plastic and straws, really? respectively, because everyone's talking about plastic. Uh, go back and listen to those and, talk, and hear all the stuff about uh, plastic in the sea, should we ban plastic, blah de blah de blah yes. right? Now, your man Michael Gove, what is in charge of the planet, or at least the bit of it that we control, which is less than we used to but still never mind um we he's, for now for now for now just a temporary blip in the empire don't worry uh he had said that by the year 2042 it's a very long way away uh we're gonna ban all unnecessary plastic right which seems so flim flammy that we may have called it a load of balls yes i think we probably did yeah. i mean it is 25 years away by the time baby ol is you know nearly 27 we're going to think about getting rid of just the plastic that we don't absolutely need. I mean, it's inspiring, isn't it? Uh, right. So your man, uh, Franz Timmermans, do you know who he? Not really. Franz Timmermans is a guy isn't who Isn't that looks... Bob Dylan? No, that's no. Uh, it was Zimmerman, isn't it? 
Uh, anyway, yeah. Franz Timmermans is a Yerp, and he's in charge. <laughs> he's a Yerp. He's a Yerp. He's in charge of sustainable development. Now, he's been a bit of an inhoff himself in the past. He's been responsible for loads of deregulation stuff going on in Europe. But, but what he has done is he has come out this week and he said, right, okay, Mr. Gove, you think you're Mr. Brexit's going to be green. You'll think you're all like, see, we had to get away from Europe so that we could ban one thing in the year 2042. Check this out. By the year 2025, which is a lot closer than what we are now, he goes, we're going to ban loads of it. We're going to ban... Cotton birds, Wait. cutlery, Boom. plastic cutlery, that is. Hang on, what? <laughs> plates. I want cutlery, I don't want to eat them with my hands. Plates, plastic plates. Oh, all right, I see. Hey. Straws. Yeah, good. Drink right. stirrers, go back and listen to oh. episode 111, and citrus picks. Citrus picks. And sticks for balloons, you know, balloon, oh. yeah, and all of that sort of stuff. Basically, single-use plastic, right? So all the ones you can just easily, obviously get rid of, they're going, yeah, that's it. Six years, get out, you're done. Bugger off, right? Ooh. And then they'll go for other ones, like things like takeaway cartons for food. Um, we're going to, like, put a rocket under it. The year 2025, which is 17 years earlier than you want to do, Mr. Gove. Who says Brexit is great now? Who's the daddy? Who's the daddy? Who's the daddy? Well, isn't that all very edifying? Uh, I've mean, mixed feelings about that. On, on the one hand, oh, for goodness sake, boys, grow up, put your willies away. Hmm. Well, you're still talking about Ian Botham, or have we moved on from that? No, sorry, no, um, we, we have moved on. Okay. Uh, yeah, put your willies away, stop doing silly competitive things. On the other hand, I mean, a few years ago, we would have bitten the hand off of anyone who said, here's like some very prominent, yeah, or the willy off, possibly, some very prominent politicians basically having a competition about who's greenest and who's going to do the best to clear up the ocean. So I think I'll take it. I think I'll just kind of accept the rampant egotism uh, and bizarre machismo that's... I mean, I never thought I'd associate the word machismo with Michael Gove. Maybe that's not what I mean. Uh, anyway, I'll take it. Basically, I'll take it so that we've got good fights happening. Strong men also cry. Strong men also cry. No, but I did just want to bring some babble to your attention. This is half babble, half inhoff, right? Uh, now, uh, we've been talking about the ban on straws, and Europe is going to ban straws. You know who doesn't like the ban on straws? Uh, straw industry. Yeah, right, pretty much, yeah. Charles Brand, who is the boss of a thing called Tetra Pak. Do you know what a Tetra Pak is? I do know what a Tetra Pak is. We, j- we just used one uh, to pour soya milk from one into our cups of tea before the sink. They are the they are the cartons, kind of cardboardy, but with a plasticky lining cartons um, that you get loads of things in. I think Mr. Tetra Pak, who isn't that guy you just said, uh, but the person who owns it or founded it, whatever, was the richest person in the world. I think. Yeah, something like that sounds yeah. about right. Well, anyway, um, you know what comes in Tetra Packs? Things like Ribena and stuff like that, and which has a straw on the side of which it. Which has a straw on the side ah, of it, wrapped um, in plastic. So, according to Charles Brand, who is Tetra Packs Executive Vice President for Product Management and Commercial Operations. In the meantime, we will continue to make the case that straws attached to our packages serve a vital functional purpose. And bans are not the right way to tackle this issue, given the consequences of doing so. Amazing. Consequences, Alt. <laughs> You're right. All consequences. Of us, all of us have been hugely distracted by, you know, plastic straws killing animals, thinking they're like consequences. But they're not consequences. No. The consequences are that 
people who make straws for the sides of drinks that give us rotten teeth might not be able to do that anymore. They are the consequences, and we are. I feel awful. I know. You didn't realise, did you, the vital functional purpose that is served by a totally pointless straw on the side of a totally pointless drink that you shouldn't be drinking anyway because it makes you high and ill. So that is just about it for another episode of Babble. A fine innings, if I do say so myself. Very good. Uh, Thank you very much, Dave, for square cutting all that I bowled in your general direction for leaving things in the corridor of uncertainty and other cricket related puns that you don't understand I can tell by your face what you're talking about (laughs) thank Um, you as ever to the marvellous Dickie Moore who provides the music at the beginning and the end and the intertwingly bits of this podcast and thank you to the majestic Arthur Stovall who has done all the artwork on our website and stuff and on our merch that will exist soon thank you to the people who emailed us about alternative places uh, where we can get our t-shirts really appreciate that and um, if anyone else is listening and hasn't emailed in but has got some ideas keep them coming thank you to Arabella for so nobly reading out the eco guff you can get in touch with us and let us know what you think of the show. You can find us on the interweb. We are at wobblywobblywobbly.sustainababble.fish. Uh, you can drop us an email to hello at sustainababble.fish. Search for us on Facebook or find us on Twitter at the Babble Wagon. And if you love the Babble so much you wish to contribute to its ongoing financial viability, do chuck us a couple of quid at our crowdfunder at wobblywobblywobbly.patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash sustain a babble and leave us a decent review won't you on your favorite podcast medium of choice because it all helps make the babble all conquering which we aren't (laughs) uh right we're off to get a golden duck uh be googly all over the place (laughs) dave and i are going off for a golden duck uh see you next week uh plain rice please and a couple of spring rolls thanks (laughs) bye bye Right, well, I hope we haven't got ourselves on too much of a sticky wicket in this episode. Uh, it's time to uh, to slip off now. And, um, well, it's over, isn't it? This this, this podcast is... Should I just turn this off? It's oh. over. I mean, there will be no... Like this. <laughs>